Let's begin with a prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for giving me today this unique day in history. As I live today only once in eternity, help me, Lord, to keep my heart pure and undivided. Protect me from my own careless thought, words, and actions, and keep me from being distracted by my wants, my desires, my thoughts on how things should be. May my today become your today through the breath of the Holy Spirit for the glory of your Son and my Savior. Amen. Today's passage is 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 to 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 to 17. Now, when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord has opened a door for me, I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. But thanks be to God, who always led us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of a knowledge of Him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of a Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing, to the ones who are an aroma that brings death, to other an aroma that brings life. And who is equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit, on the contrary, in Christ, we speak before God with a sincerity as of those sent from God. We've been meditating on 2 Corinthians, and I forgot to give the outline of 2 Corinthians. I've been focusing on an individual passage, so I feel like uh, we are focusing on individual trees, uh, forgetting the uh, overall shape of a, of a mountain. So to help you better understand Paul's most emotional letter, let me give you an overview. In 2 Corinthians, Apostle Paul is concerned with the three great truths. First, truth concerning ministry. That's the first seven chapters, truth concerning ministry. And second, truth concerning Christian giving. That's chapter 8 and 9. And then, truth concerning his own apostolic authority and ministry struggles, which is chapter 10 to the end, chapter 13. In between, he explains his mission status and relational status with the Corinthian church. Today's passage gives us a vintage Pauline message with all three truths I just mentioned. So here we see Acts and analogy and attitude of a ministry. So let's look at the Paul's act of a ministry first. Verse 12 and 13. Now when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ. By the way, Troas is a name for old famed city, Troy. Troy. And found that the Lord has opened the door for me, but I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus. Paul explained why he went from Troas to Macedonia. Even though he had a great new opportunity at Troas, he felt no peace. 
but an increasing burden because he earlier sent Titus to the Corinthian church with a so-called painful or severe letter, and Paul has not heard from Titus. That's why he went to Macedonia looking for Titus, and somewhere in that journey he met Titus and heard the good news about the positive changes in Corinthians. Once again, 2 Corinthians was Paul's response to this. Here, I see Paul was not a, a task-oriented, almost a ruthless uh, mission ex- I mean, expansionist of God's kingdom, but he is a quintessential pastor. He's a really pastoral. He chose the old struggling relationship over new, fresh, thriving relationship. Paul never forget his friends. Not only good friends, even struggling, even bad friends. Friends are friends. Paul remember them. And then, uh, verse 14 to 17, uh, 16, Paul also gives us an image, an analogy about the ministry. By the way, uh, commentator said the uh, uh, chapter 2.14 to chapter 7.4, all of a sudden, Paul, you know, Paul gives a huge uh, uh, bracket, kind of a side note about how we do ministry. And then he talks about the uh, ministry update after the you know, chapter 7, verse 5. So you can, you, know, you can look that up. But here, Paul takes an image from the Roman world and they try to portray Jesus as a victorious conquering general in the triumphal par- parade. Roman triumphal parade was given to a successful general as they returned from their conquest. As a commentator says, the one who receives honor in Rome is not those who reigned in headquarters, but those who risked their lives in the battlefield. William Barclay Barclay, a uh, very recognized and famed uh, biblical uh, commentator, gave us a thorough picture of a Roman triumphal process. In a triumph, the procession of a victorious general marched through the streets of Rome to the capital. First came the state officials and senate. Then came the trumpeteers. Then they were the carried, then they were carried the spoils taken from the con- conquered land. Then came the pictures of a con- uh, pic- uh, pictures of a conquered uh, fortresses and ships. There followed white bull for the sacrifice, and then they walked the captive princesses or prince and the leaders and generals in chain and they are shortly being executed. And then came the lictors bearing their rod, followed by the musicians with their lyres, and then priests swinging their uh, incensors with a sweet-smelling incense burning in them. And finally after that came the general and all the Roman army, wearing all their decorations and shouting, Lo Trompe, Lo Trompe, they cry, their cry of a triumph. As a procession moved through the street, all decorated and garland amid the cheering crowd, it made a tremendous day, which might happen 
once or twice in a person's lifetime. This is what Paul was uh, 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 comparing Christian ministry. He said here, Christ is a victorious general. Christ is the one who fought all the war for the victory. We already have a victory. And then he compared Christians to those incense holders. And here he said, we are the aroma of death to some. We are aroma of life to some. What does he mean by that? You know, when the, uh, the, the incense holders marching in the processional, actually it is a great smell of a victory to Romans. But to the, those captives, this is not a smell of a victory. It's a smell of a defeat and eventual death. Paul was saying, when we preach the gospel, you know, gospel actually divided people into two. Those who receive it and those who reject it. Those who receive it, it is a, a smell of a life, smell of a hope, smell of a victory. But those who reject, or those according to John 3, 17, those who reject, they are already condemned. Because they forgot, they, it's like they're infected with a virus and they're dying and they refused life-saving medicine. So Paul was saying, we are the aroma of Christ. And as we walk the talk of the gospel, and then we really reflect Christ through our words and deeds, people around us, some of them, they smell the hope of, of a life. And then finally, Paul talks about attitude for ministry. I'm sorry, today's message is getting a little longer. But he'll say, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ, we speak before God with a sincerity as those sent from God. Paul was here saying that he is not doing for the profit but he is doing with a sincerity. In Paul's time, philosophers, they earn money from their students or their teachings. And that's the, uh, for, for instance, the reason why Socrates' wife was called one of the three worst wives in history, ask me later who are the other two, was because she was upset her husband didn't charge any money from their, uh, his students. And uh, she often pressured him, and one time she poured a garbage on his head from the back, while he was teaching his students. And that's when Socrates said, by all means get married. If you marry a supportive wife, you'll be happier. If you marry an unsupportive wife, you will become a better philosopher. Mm -hmm. But here the word sincerity is a very interesting word. Greek word sincerity is elikrinania. Elikrinania came from two words. It's a helio, the sun, and the cristallino, which means a judge, from which we get English word crystal. So it has, it describes something that can bear the test of being held up to the light of the sun and look at it, look at with the sun shining through it. He's talking about he has a pure, transparent motive. He has a no hidden agenda. Whenever we reach to the, whenever we, we, we deal with the people, we deal with a God's sincerity, spiritual transparency. We have a no hidden uh, prophet or uh, ideas other than 
to glorify God. Dear brothers and sisters, let us be aroma of Christ today. Let us that Christ receive glory and honor from our reflection of his love. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. As we see this beautiful, warm Texas sunshine, we pray that our reflection in your glory is warmer and brighter so that people around us, especially in this pandemic, they will smell the hope of life and hope of love. In Christ's name we all pray. Amen.